We've been in a series over these last number of weeks on the book of Acts, which is in the New Testament, and it's really about the beginning of the church. It's really about when the church first started. Jesus said that he would build his church, and the church started as they were obedient to Jesus' words to go and to wait, and the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God came and empowered the people to be on mission and to fulfill what Jesus called them to fulfill. So we've been looking at Acts over these last number of of weeks, and this morning we're in Acts chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 3, and you can follow on the screens this morning as well. As we're looking at the church in Acts, we're looking back because there was a passion, there was uh, an exuberance, there was Life, there were miracles, there were things that God was doing in his church as it was first birthed. And we saw, we see amazing things as we read the book of Acts. We see miracles, we see people coming to Christ and to salvation. There was a a movement afoot. And so we're looking back as a church saying, God, we want to understand some of the dynamics of the passion and some of the things that the early church rallied around and how they met together and how they trusted in God because I believe we can learn something. As we look back, though, we also understand that the early church was not a perfect church. So it's not a a perfect model, but there are some things that we can say, God, we want you to do it again in our day and in our time, in our generation, in our city. God, we want to see a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. So we're looking back and we're saying, God, we thank you for what you've done in the past, but we're, we're hungry and we're contending for something fresh today in Calgary, something fresh in our lives so we've been looking at this from the, uh, the book of Acts over these, over these weeks. So we don't see a perfect church, but we see a passionate church. We see a church that is passionate for the things of God and passionate as they are uh, in love with Jesus and on mission for him. And the disciples that spent time with Jesus are, are now doing the works of Jesus. And everything Jesus began to do and teach the early church continues to do and teach. And as disciples today in Calgary in 2017, we as First Assembly are called to continue to do and to teach and to do the things that Jesus was doing, uh, even in his ministry. Jesus said that we would do greater things, even greater things. It's hard to even imagine. And so we want to focus and recalibrate our hearts around the early church And we're asking the Holy Spirit, we're saying, God, breathe fresh upon us, fresh fire, fresh wind, fresh anointing for a fresh season. And friends, he's already beginning to do it. How many believe that revival is already beginning in the hearts of his people? And uh, amen, I believe it. I believe it. And so it was a passionate church, and it was also a miraculous church. They experienced the miraculous hand of God. There were miracles that were taking place. So this morning, I want to show us how you and I, I want to show you today how you are set up for a miracle, how you and I are set up for a greater level of walking in the miraculous. And we're going to look at that today. If you are writing a title down for this message, you could title it Set Up for a Miracle. Let's go together to Acts chapter 3, and I want to read uh, the account. So we are in Acts chapter chapter 2 for the last number of weeks, and so we're moving on to Acts 3. The believers, they met together, and there was a sense of of awe. There was many signs and wonders that were done uh, through the apostles. We learned about that even last week. We looked at at the attitudes of the early church and how there was devotion and awe and, and miracles. And so the writer Luke, he opens up 
uh, chapter 3, and he gives us a glimpse into uh, what some of these signs and wonders and miracles were looking like. And this is the first recorded uh, miracle that we see in in Acts. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking, and they heard him praising God. And when they realized that he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And Peter saw his opportunity. Peter was kind of an opportunist, wasn't he? And he addressed the crowd. It's time for another sermon, he's thinking. And as he addressed the crowd, he said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Verse 16, through faith, In the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Talking about being set up for a miracle. Father, we thank you today that as we gather together, that you are the same yesterday today, and forever. And God, as we look back at the early church, the the miracles, the signs, the wonders, God, we don't so much seek the signs or the wonders, but we are really seeking you. And we want to be released in a greater anointing for the supernatural as your people today. God, we're hungry and we're asking you so that we would see a mighty harvest of souls. God, so that we would see the kingdom of God advance in this city in a way that we have not ever seen before. And so, God, many have come today with needs, and I pray, God, that you would meet every need, and, Lord God, that each one would come today knowing or leaving this place knowing, God, that you are God and that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Thank you, Lord, for your precious name, your powerful name, Jesus. We receive everything you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it was a a normal Sunday morning for the most part for me. I was about eight, nine years old, woke up with my family getting ready for church. And as I was 
getting up, I realized I was quite sick. I, I had the flu. And it was the kind of flu, you know, where you just feel like laying in bed all day long. It was, my body was aching. I had a headache. I was stuffed up. All these symptoms. But I'm a pastor's kid, and so my dad had to get to church. <laughs> and he didn't want to leave me by myself. And so we all, you know, got together. And I guess somehow uh, I just figured, okay, I'll go to church anyway. But as I was sitting in church, I just felt, you know, the flu and the symptoms just worsen throughout the day. You ever, you ever felt like that before? Just, man, just all you want to do is go home and go to bed, drink some Neo-Citrin. And in my case, I would just watch Spider-Man and drink Neo-Citrin. Do you remember the 60s Spider-Man cartoon? I mean, talk about being high on drugs. I mean, like Neo-Citrin and psychedelic Spider-Man. And then, anyway. Um, so that's all I wanted to do is just go home. So we're leaving church. And when you're a pastor's kid, you don't leave church on time. You leave church at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, by the time everybody gets talking to everybody, I'm finding myself in the parking lot, and I just want to go home. And, of course, one more man comes up, and it's one more conversation with my mom. And she's standing there with me, and this man was one of the elders of the church. And he said, how are you doing today, Ben? And my mom said, well, he's not feeling very good. I said, yeah, I'm sick. And he said, listen, he said, Jesus is a healer. And we're just going to lay hands on you right now and just believe that Jesus is going to heal you. And so I stood there and I thought, man, you better hurry up because I want to go home. I thought, is this guy a long prayer? You know, I've met these guys, they just pray, oh God, you know, he's going to pray for 10 minutes. I'm like, just take me home, right? So I'll be honest with you, even though I was eight or nine years old, I had a little bit of carnality in my heart. And I was just like, come on, buddy, hurry up. So I'm just like, all right. So he says, all right, I believe that Jesus can touch you right now. So he lays his hands on me, and he begins to pray in the name of Jesus. And instantaneously, I begin to feel the sickness just leave my body. All the symptoms. My strength came back. I, 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 was, I, I, would not, I noticed that I just instantaneously was not sick anymore. And I realized I have just received a supernatural healing from God. I was set up for a miracle that I didn't know was coming. Now, the challenge is, and maybe this is your challenge, there's a lot of times in life where I've prayed for people and I've trusted God for miracles. And it didn't happen. It's like, God, I'm just, I'm believing you for a miracle. I'm believing you for a breakthrough. I, God, I'm sick in my body or, or I have a friend or I have a relative. And maybe some of you have even come this morning and and you're, you're leaning into God, and you're trusting, and you haven't yet seen the breakthrough. And I, I don't understand how it all works. I don't understand everything about healing. But what I do know is in the Scripture, we are not called to be the ones who are healers. We are like Peter and John. Don't look at us. It wasn't us. But we are called to be people who believe God for healing. We, we're, we, we can't do anything about it. But where I think we may have lost our way a little bit is we get so used to living in, in a place, in a position where we don't see breakthrough that we just get, we give up or we get lazy or we get tired or we, we fail to cling on long enough to see the breakthrough. Or sometimes we, we fail to just trust God in the process because I know that there are times in my life I've prayed for things, I didn't see it, but three or four years go by and I begin to understand, I can look back and I can see what was going on a little bit more. 
but we don't always understand everything. And then there's sometimes in life we just simply have big question marks. You know, some of us are like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God some questions about some things. Have you ever kind of had a thought like that before? I've had that thought before. I'm like, when I get to heaven, i got a list of questions. But the, friend, the thing is, friends, I don't believe that that's even going to happen. I believe when we get to heaven, we're just going to be like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Forget the questions. This is amazing. Like, I think that's, I, I don't know if our questions are, but in, on this planet and this time and this earth, we, we struggle a little bit. We, we, have, we have some questions because we don't always see the fullness. And we don't always see the, the, the breakthrough. But I believe this morning that if you are here today, I believe that you are set up for a miracle. What we're talking about this morning is we're gathering around the world, the, the word rather. We're gathering around the word of God and we're saying, God, we want to, you to set us up, God, for a fresh season of supernatural grace and anointing. Why? So that we could just see more signs and wonders? No. It's not about us just going and running from conference to conference and seeking signs and wonders. Jesus even warned, he said, it's a perverse and evil generation that just seeks signs and wonders. Let us never get into this trap of running around from thing to thing just to, just to somehow see some supernatural things. But may it be that we are, as a church, leaning into the heart of God where we would seek his heart and seek who he is, that God would open up something inside of us in a new dimension, that we would begin to believe God, we would begin to step out in faith, we would begin to trust God again at his word, and that we would begin to, no matter what, just begin to declare and believe God for a supernatural breakthrough. That we serve a God of the miraculous. We serve a supernatural God. And may we not just shrink back and just adjust our lives accordingly, according to our experience, according to, at times, our lack of faith, at times, things that we don't understand, But may we lean in and say, God, we are trusting you again for a mighty move like we saw and like we see in the book of Acts. We desire, Lord God, for you to move in power. We want to see in this city tens of thousands of families and people come to know Jesus in Calgary. That's what we are contending for. And we believe, God, that as as the church, as daily God added to the church, it was because God were... God was moving so powerfully, and people were experiencing the reality of God in their lives through the people of God. There there were things that were happening. There were signs. There were wonders. There were miracles. And so we're not seeking those, but we're seeking Him. And we're seeking a fresh anointing that we could walk in a greater place of believing God for the supernatural. And I believe this morning that each one of us, my prayer has been this week, that we would leave this place just so full of God that we would know that the things that we are requesting and we're bringing to God, that he is, he is meeting those needs, but he's also doing something even above and beyond. You know, this is what happened is Peter and John, they were on their way to prayer, as we read in the scripture this morning. And remember, they were devoted. Remember, they had that attitude uh, of the early church that was a, an attitude of devotion. And as they were on their way to prayer that day, there was a man who was lame in his feet, and he was begging. And it says that he was there, you know, every day. So think about it. This man came every day to church, so to speak. And, and every day in church, he would just sit outside of a gate called Beautiful. And, and the gate Beautiful was a, one of the more prominent gates of, of, of the temple. 
and, and beyond that gate is where people went, and they, as they got deeper into the temple, they, they entered into the, the holy place, and the holy of holies eventually was the, the center of that place, but there was, it, was, it was really symbolic of, of going into the temple and, and going into the presence of God. But this man, sitting outside, lame in his feet, begging every day with a little cup or whatever he had, just looking for some change, just asking for money every day. And I, I don't know kind of what his situation was, whether it was his family, as I was thinking about this. It could have been that it was just maybe a group of people that were somehow trying to take advantage of him. And maybe there were some people saying, well, I'll tell you what, we'll put you in front of the, the, you know, the temple, the, the beautiful gate every day, and, and whatever money you bring home, we'll just kind of split it. And maybe there's a business thing going on the side, but it says that he was brought there every, every day. And what he was begging for was he was begging for money. He, said he, he, he thought his need, he, he wasn't there for a miracle. He, he didn't go every day believing that he would supernaturally be healed. He went there every day looking for money. That was what was on his mind. That was what was on his radar. But what he was looking for is not actually what he got. What he was looking for, sometimes things that we are looking for, we're saying, God, this is what I'm contending for. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm believing for. But sometimes what God wants to do in you, the miracle is actually deeper. It's actually better. It's actually beyond. It's not just giving you a fish. It's teaching you how to fish. It's, it's not just giving you something, this, the thing that's going to calm or, 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 or take care of the symptom that you feel a pain in your life, but it's something actually deeper that God wants to do, and he's actually setting you up for a miracle. Now, having said that, I believe that God is a beautiful, good father, and he wants, to, he wants to give you things. And even the desires in your heart, we know that we, can, we have authority as, as believers in Christ to declare something, that we actually have an authority to declare. And, and Jesus talked about that, that, that whatever we ask in his name, and, and we, I believe as followers of Christ, we need to begin to take our authority. And we see that the authority came for Peter and John. It wasn't in themselves, but it was in what? It was in the name of Jesus. Let's be people Let's be reminded again today that God has called us his people, and let's be people that, that use the name of Jesus liberally. Let, 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 not, let's use the name of Jesus in every situation in our lives, not being ashamed of Jesus Christ. There's something in our culture that says, when somebody says Jesus, everybody's like, shh, quiet. But may we be not, not brash, not rude, but may we have a fresh Holy Spirit boldness that would come upon us as the people of God, that we would be people that would declare the name and know that the authority that we have is in the name of Jesus Christ, that we would walk in a deeper authority, that we would walk in a greater authority. And friends, I believe that God is a good father, and there are some things maybe that you came to church with today that you're believing God for. Some of you, it's very practical. There's just things that you've been trusting God for. And some of those things, you're thinking, it would be a miracle if God would answer that prayer. I want to encourage you this morning that as we declare in the name of Jesus, we want to surround you as friends and family this morning and trust God for the breakthrough that you're believing for in your life. I, I believe that, that God has brought you here. I believe that you're set up today for, for something to take place, for you, to move you to another level in the supernatural realm that you would experience the, the blessing and the favor and the breakthrough of God, the things that you are asking the Lord for because he's a good father. He wants to meet your needs. But I want to also 
call you and encourage you to be open to something deeper that God may do in you today. You may have come saying, I need this, but to be open to say, God, whatever you have for me, I believe that you're here today because you're set up for a miracle. I believe God has set you up. He set you in this place. He set up our church. He has called us as First Assembly in this place because we are set up for a miracle, that we would see tens of thousands of people come to know Jesus over these next number of years as we move forward, that we are on mission together. We're not just here to have church services or to feel good or encouraged. We're here to reach lost souls for Jesus Christ. We're here to reach people that don't know Jesus, and we are here trusting God, saying, God, we believe that you've brought us here, and we believe that there's a miracle that is set up for us to walk in. So we're corporately asking God. We're saying, God, we believe we're set up for a miracle. So God, pour out your spirit and do what you desire to do in us. So Peter and John, they're on their way into the temple that day for prayer, and there would have been crowds of people. And and the beggar was there every day. We learn later in another chapter that he was around 40 years old, so he would have been there most of his life, begging every day. Even likely, uh, some of the commentators wrote on this, they said even likely that Jesus perhaps would have even passed by at times, <laughs> this, this same beggar. And so the question is, well, why didn't Jesus stop and heal this guy? He healed other guys. And the thought at the time was that if somebody was, was crippled or somebody was, you know, had blind or whatever, that it was because they sinned or it was because, you know, one of their parents sinned. But Jesus straightens that whole thing out and he says it's not because people have sinned. It's, it's to show the glory of God. It's to, it's to reveal the glory of God in his timing and in his way. And so this is the day, though, that the miracle breakthrough took place. I just want to encourage you. You may have been on a journey. You may be still on a journey. There is a time. And I declare that there is a time where the miracle breakthrough is about to happen, and it's going to happen in your life. I want to encourage you to hang on and to lean in to Jesus and to stand on the Word of God. And we're going to contend together. But here's what my prayer is. I'm saying, God, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's spiritual warfare, probably some of it. I don't know if it's uh, lack of faith, maybe some of it. I I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm saying enough is enough. We're going to believe God. We're declaring revival. We're declaring breakthrough. We're declaring that the time is now, that now is the time for the church to stand up and to be counted as followers of Christ, that as we look at Acts, we're saying, God, do it again, but do it fresh. Do it again, but do it now. Oh, God, we want to see the kingdom come in our city. And we want to see it begin to manifest in the people of God. Oh, I'm so glad you came to church today. You know why? Because then you get to be part of what God's doing here today. As we gather in faith, we're trusting God. This is why we gather. We gather together around the presence of God. We gather around for power. We gather around for encouragement. Listen, Jesus said where where we agree together, where two or three agree in his name, something happens. Something happens when the people of God just say, we're going to believe God's word, and we're going to trust him for the miraculous, and we're going to trust him for the the breakthrough. We're just going to trust God, and we're going to believe God until we see it happen. Persistency, faith, obedience. So as they met this man who was begging that day, he was looking for money. He was looking for one thing. And he was in a mess. It says that he was put at the beautiful gate. And this gate was one of the more decorative gates, big tall gate that that entered the temple. 
And it was made of Corinthian bronze and jewels and gold and all these things. So here was a man, a, a broken man in desperate need. And in so many ways, his life was a mess. And here's a man in a messy situation next to a beautiful gate. In a messy place, in a place of brokenness. And he, he's longing to go through that gate because every day he would watch people go in and out freely into what represented the presence of God. And here he was because of some of the laws and the Old Testament, all these kinds of things and the, the Jewish laws. He was not, anybody who was lame was never allowed to go past, past that place. And that's why he would, he would be there. And, but could you imagine the longing to, to, to go through the gates? He never, ever had a chance to do that. 40 years, every day. Just, and, all, and, and, and all he did every day was just beg for money. And so Peter and John, they see him. And likely they'd seen him before, but something, something happened that day. Something happened where the Holy Spirit began to speak to their heart, and they were sensitive. They were saying, God, we just want to be obedient. We want to be on mission for you. And there was a sensitivity. And when they saw this man, he was asking for money. And, you know, Peter checks his wallet, you know, looks around. He's like, hey, he goes, I don't have any coins. I don't have any cash. He says, I only have credit cards and debit with me today. And I, I know there could have been some provision because we know from the chapter before that the believers, they shared everything in common. They were selling properties. You know, they had, some, they had some means together as the church. He probably could have gone back and got some money. And, but in that moment, he was like, he was convicted with the fact that this beggar, although he needed money, what he really needed was something deeper. What he really, and he said, listen, and he says he looked intently at him. And as he looked at him, he says, listen, silver and gold I don't have. He says, but what I do have, I give you. And what he had was the power of the Holy Spirit. What he had was faith. What he had was what God gave him in that moment for that situation. What I want to declare over you today is that you will have what you need in every situation. What I want to declare over this church today is that we will always have. We will not lack. What I want to declare over your finances and over your family and over your home and over your children and over everybody around First Assembly. In our prayer meeting this morning, we prayed. We said every family that is connected to this church in any relationship, whether they come here regularly or not, whether they're walking with Jesus or not, every grandchild, every person, every mom, every dad, Dad, every uncle, if you are covered in some way or connected to this assembly, we are believing and trusting God that everything that God has for everybody, that he's going to do something, he's going to perform a supernatural miracle that everybody, whether they know it or not, they might be on the golf course right now, they might be in the gutters of Calgary, but they're set up for a miracle if they're part of what God is doing because we are contending today and we are claiming today and we are taking ground today in the spirit realm today by applying our faith to God's word and asking the Holy Spirit to do something only he can do. And that's why we're gathered here today. And that's why we gather every Sunday. We don't just come here to sing hill songs or whatever. Although we love hill songs and all kinds of songs and spiritual songs and hymns. and you know, We're told to do that somewhere in the scripture, aren't we? But we're here together today. We're gathered for power. We're gathered for breakthrough. And I am contending for your family and for your life. 
you don't have to stay where you are. Peter and John said to this man, they said, hey, get up. Get up. That's the word of the Lord for you. He wants to lift you up from where you are. He wants to lift you up. You see, because the first thing we need to understand as we look at these miracles today is the miracle is really about you first. The miracle is in you. That's the most, that is the most powerful miracle that could ever take place is when you and I give our lives to Christ. We surrender our lives. We believe in Jesus that he came, that the Father sent Jesus to come and to live as a man, lived a life we couldn't live. He lived a life without sin. He died as a perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross. He was, he was buried. He, he died to forgive our sins, was buried, was resurrected, sent the Holy Spirit. Now his presence is here. We sense him. We feel him. He's, he's alive. He's in us. He's around us. He's going before us. He's behind us. He's above us. He, God is for you. He's not against you. His presence is here. His power is here. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive. Where? In you. In you and me. And so we lean on the word of God and we we get a hold of this. And, And we have to understand that the greatest miracle to ever take place is the miracle of salvation. Friends, we got to get that inside of us because if we're going to walk in the miraculous, that first love, that first place, that we're not just looking for the handout. We're, ask, we're, ask, we're actually realize and recognize that God has not just given us a handout, but he's actually brought us up from the miry clay. He's actually brought us up from death and hell. He's actually brought us up from a place of being broken and crippled and lame. He's actually brought us from a place of death to a place of life. And so the miracle anointing starts in our lives when we, when we understand that the miracle of salvation, that that is the most powerful and important thing that could ever happen to you and me. If nothing else happens today, you can leave going, it's a miracle. I'm saved. It's a miracle. I'm going to heaven. I was going to hell, and now I am going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus for eternity. If Jesus Christ, if he never, ever answered any other prayer, if he never did anything else for me, I still want to say thank you, God, for the greatest miracle that you've ever done by giving your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me so I could go to heaven. If he never did anything else for you or me, it's still amazing. It's the greatest miracle. But the good news is, is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still a God of miracles, and he's still a God of breakthrough, and he's still a God that wants to do something powerful in our lives today. But this miracle in us, this was, this was beautiful because what hap- happened here, it was a picture of fulfillment of prophecy. You see, the Jews believed that there was a Messiah coming. And this is what it says in Isaiah 35. And when he comes, the Messiah, he will open the eyes of the blind and he will unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer. And those who cannot speak will sing for joy. What happened to this beggar when he was healed? He began to walk and leap and shout his praise. And he was singing and shouting and praising God as he walked from a place of being outside of the presence. Outside. He never had a chance to go through that beautiful gate. And that day, that beautiful gate became beautiful to him in a way that only it could become beautiful by entering into that place. It says he went into the temple with them. He never had gone in there before. And friends, that is a picture. That is a picture of our city. We have a city 
that is lame, that is outside of the presence of God longing, and all they think they want is money. All they think they want is something that they don't even need. They just think they want a little handout. They just need some money. If we could fix the government, if we could fix the economy, if we could do this, if we could do that, if I could get that boat, if I could take that vacation, if I could somehow get something to somehow ease my pain, if I could take that drug, if I could take that alcohol, if I could do that thing that that would drive me into a place of of just at least feeling just for a few moments that I'm valued, that that it's going to be okay. They're just longing. And they're like that beggar. We have a city full of thousands of people like that beggar just with a, a tin can and just saying, I just need this money. And with the Holy Spirit, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit, and it's a picture of us as the church looking at our city and saying, hey, I don't really have what you're looking for. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up. Get up. Get up. The message of our church to our city is get up. There's hope for you. Get up. There's joy for you. Get up. There's more for you. Get up. You don't have to beg anymore. Get up. You don't have to be lame anymore. Get up. And that miracle in you and me is what fuels us and energizes us and ignites fresh passion in you and me as the church as we are on mission in our city. Here's the main thought around today. The miracle that God works in you, it sets you up to experience the miracle that God works through you. And he wants to work a miracle through you and me to a city that desperately needs Jesus. And so Peter and John, as they're on their way to prayer, they find this man and silver and gold I don't have, and he he gets healed, and it says he gets up, and he begins to jump, and he begins to leap, and what joy, what joy takes place when people experience the power of God personally in their lives. Goes into the temple, and then everybody's confused. They're going, what is going on here? What is taking place here? And Peter says, look, don't look at us. Why are you guys looking at me? This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the name above all names. The name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It was the name of Jesus Christ. It was the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ that healed him. This morning, we're going to pray together as a church that God would bring breakthrough and miracles. You are set up for a miracle today. And I believe we're set up for a miracle today as we lean in to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the musicians to come at this time. I may have shared this uh, story a few years ago, but there was a time that my, one of my kids, when they were just a baby, they had severe allergies and, and uh, severe hearing, hearing problems. So we went, we got tubes in the ears, and we had prescription after prescription and antibiotics and all these things. And it would be okay for a while, then it would get worse, and it would get worse. And she was just a little baby at that time, maybe one, one and a half years old. We'd been to doctor after doctor, and we tried natural things, and, and, and we would pray. We would pray. We'd say, God, we're just praying for this little child. We want to see healing. We want to see a miracle. The challenge is we were losing sleep. We were getting tired. You know, we're in ministry. At that time, I was a youth pastor. Remember one night at our youth meeting, we had a real move of God, and I came home that night, and my, my wife, she didn't go. She was just tired with kids and just that whole stage, right, with babies, and plus a sick baby. 
She says, how was youth group tonight? I said, it was amazing. I said, God broke out in healing. This kid's leg got healed and this other thing. We had a, a breakout of healing in our, in our youth ministry. And Heather just looked at me and she said, you know, that's amazing. But with tears in her eyes, she says, why won't God heal our little girl? I said, honey, I don't know. We just have to keep praying. We just have to keep contending. And it seemed like things just got worse. And it seemed like things just just continued to uh, worsen. And, and we came to a place where we just didn't know what to do. And every night I remember just, you know, getting down on our knees and in our little crib at night, we just pray. We say, God, just would you just would this could this be the night that you would heal her? We just need a miracle here, Lord. And so we just continued to ask God and uh, ask him for breakthrough. There was a guy that was a brand new Christian. And I was discipling him at the time. He had just come to faith. His name was Steve. And Steve was just one of these guys. He was living his life down in the Grand Caymans and just living for himself. And God just radically got a hold of his life. He was in his 20s. And he came back to Jesus in such a powerful way. And he was one of these guys as a new Christian. He just he was just blown away at God's grace and his salvation. And he would just read the Bible constantly. And he was learning about the Bible. Just It was all new to him. He was like, wow, this is amazing. And every once in a while, he'd phone me and they'd say, hey, I was reading this in the Bible today. I'm like, that's awesome, Steve. What does this mean? I'm like, I have no idea. I've got to go to concordance and figure that out myself. And, you know, whatever. And so, so he knew about our daughter and that we were praying for her. And one day he phones me up. And I'm just at home that day. It was a day off. And it's a Monday. And on my Monday day off, phone rings and it's Steve. How you doing, Pastor Ben? Great. It's Steve. I'm like, how you doing, Steve? I'm on fire for Jesus, man. I'm like, that's awesome, Steve. Because you see, the miracle was happening in him. You see, the miracle was really, his salvation was like, there's a miracle going on. I used to be dead, now I'm alive. I'm doing great, Pastor Ben. I'm alive in Jesus. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What's going on, man? He goes, hey, I was reading in the Bible today, James chapter 5. And I was thinking about your daughter, how she's sick. The Bible says, if there's any sick among you, to call the elders of the church, anoint her with oil, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Will heal the sick. Will. Will heal the sick. Have you read that before in the Bible? So yeah, actually, I've read that before. Have you done that? I said, yeah, Steve, we're praying in faith, man. We're praying prayer of faith, all that kind of stuff. Thanks for calling. He's like, Pastor Ben, don't hang up. I have to ask you, have you done that? I'm like, yeah, we're praying. We've prayed for her. I think we've put oil on her. We're praying in faith. Thanks, man. Thanks for your concern. Thanks for praying. We're on a journey. Gotta go, Steve. See you at Bible study on Wednesday. Pastor Ben, don't hang up. What's going on? Have you done that like exactly like the Bible does that? Like have you called the elders of the church? I guess I haven't really called the elders or done that. Have you done it like the scripture tells you to do it? I thought, what a novel idea as a youth pastor that I should actually do what the Bible tells me to do. What a great idea. And I actually was convicted in that moment. I thought, you know what? I haven't called the elders of the church. I haven't done it like exactly like, it's not a prescription. It's like God can move all kinds of ways. But you know what? Something happened inside of my heart. And in that moment, I reached out, and by faith, I grabbed it. I believe a gift of faith came upon me. And I reached out in faith, and I said, God, I'm believing you for this. I said, Steve, we're going to do it. I phoned 
our senior pastor. The next morning, we had a prayer meeting with all the board and the pastors. And I said, can, I, can we bring our little one to the prayer meeting? He said, bring her. So we brought her in. As soon as we brought her in, I mean, she wouldn't go to anybody. She had been to so many doctors. She was squirming. She was, she just, she would cry. Even the only person that could comfort her really was Heather. I, even as a dad, I could get so far. And then she just, she wanted mom. She was just so, so much pain with her ear infections and allergies. And she just break out in hives every time we gave her any kind of food, just all over her skin. And so we brought her in that day. Phone my pastor says, yeah, bring her. We'll anoint her with oil. Brought her in that room. Put her in our pastor's arms. And she just rested. She just rested. But you know that night before it was the worst night? She was up all night, crying all night. We were so tired. We were so we almost thought about should we even go? Should we just sleep in? Sometimes your breakthroughs right right after the biggest battle that you're going through. So if you're battling, just keep going because the breakthrough's coming. Brought her into the room, anointed her with oil, prayed the prayer of faith, and she was peaceful. And Heather and I looked at each other and said, This is amazing. That week, we had doctor's appointments lined up all week that were already prearranged. And every appointment she went to, the allergy specialist, well, we actually need to retest her because these allergies, we got to, so they retested everything. And after a few weeks, there's no more allergies. We've retested everything. No more allergies. I don't we, we took her to the ear doctor, and she had lost hearing in one of her ears. And, and uh, they did tests, and they said, first of all, the infections are all gone. This is incredible. So this looks like the penicillin's working or whatever. And Heather's like, I believe Jesus healed her. And they're like, okay, that's good for you. Um, but then when they did the, the, the hearing test, like, this is amazing. Like, her partial hearing loss, it's been completely, she has 100% hearing in her ears. And, and little did we know it, but that day that Steve called me, the, the miracle of his salvation and his passion for Jesus, it was so evident in his life. He was so aware that it was a miracle that happened in him, that he was a contender for miracles to happen through him. And he was the catalyst that day who called me, who moved us to a place of trusting God and believing God in a way that we've never believed him before. We saw a supernatural touch and healing in our daughter's body. And friends, you know what? The reality is there are still things that I'm praying for and believing for, and so are you. But let's not give up because Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Do not get weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't lose heart. If you don't lose heart. If you don't lose heart. We're not going to give up. And we're not going to give in. We're going to stand on God's word. And we're going to trust him for the breakthrough. Would you stand up with me this morning? Let's just raise our hands to heaven this morning. And we're going to trust God together this morning. And we're just going to sing together as as worship together today. And then we're going to pray. We're going to turn this place into a prayer room. And we're going to pray for healings, for breakthroughs, for signs and wonders. And let's just do this together in Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands to him as we worship together.